Hello, everybody. Welcome once again as we continue on in the study that we're doing through the New Testament. And we've been working diligently for like three years now. We're coming right up on the three-year mark. Uh, and we've worked through the Gospels together. We've worked through the book of Acts together. We did First uh, Corinthians together. We've done uh, quite a few of the other letters. We, we're doing some of the letters in what they might, may not be the order that they're in, uh, in the canon, but we're doing them the way that we believe the Apostle Paul wrote the letters out of uh, his missionary journeys, because that's the last thing we studied in Acts. And so we've been looking at the letters that Paul wrote to the new churches that are being established along the way and understanding that these letters were written to answer questions and uh, we've talked about the importance of context and we've looked at a lot of different ideas that we studied through together and um, we we have been talking about second corinthians 5 now for this is our third week because in the back part of second corinthians 5 in particular verses 11 through 21 we take um, out of that our mission statement as a church here at the vineyard and so um, we've, we've uh, we, we decided to take a little longer look at what it means, what the verses mean, spend a little time on them. So we've we're actually been digging through this part of the New Testament two or three verses at a time instead of we normally do a chapter at a time because I want to talk about mission of the church and what we're called to. And hopefully you know by now that, that the mission here at, at this vineyard, at this church, at what we do when we get together is one more that we've made it very simple. So if anybody ever asks you, hey, what's your church about? What is it that you can look at them and you can say, our church is all about one more. What does that mean? One more lost child back to death. One more to Jesus. Just one more. That's what we're, we're all about. That's what we think we're here for. That, uh, you know, the church um, is an amazing uh, thing that, that God created and that we're here in order to impact the world around us. That once we've figured it out and that we've come to know Jesus as our Lord and Savior, the reason we don't go immediately to heaven is then that we have a purpose and a mission for life and that's to let other people know the good news. And uh, that's how the time is redeemed and we get to, to move through this process together. So the church is here to have that impact in the world, to, to serve as ambassadors, to uh, present the good news in ways that make a difference. And so we talk about that all the time. It's very important to us. We feel like that's a, a significant part of what God has called us to. Other parts of the church have different missions, and that's good, and we embrace that. And we know that, that it's all important. If God's given it to them, we want to get behind them and encourage them. Um, and if they do it differently than we do, as long as they love Jesus, we're all for it. Um, and, and hopefully, because we do it differently than them, they're still all for us, and uh, that we move along in those directions. But we bless the whole church because God loves the church. Jesus loves the church all the church if they love him he loves the church and so as his kids we've got to love them too even if they do it different that's okay um, we love the church so we um, we have some things that we feel very strongly that we've been called to and so we're digging into those a little deeper with these verses as the background so let's look at 2 Corinthians 5 11 through 21 once again and then I want to talk uh, make a few points together today as we continue to look at mission since then we uh, know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade men. What we are is plain to God, and I hope it's also plain to your conscience. We're not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is in the heart. If we are out of our mind, it is for the sake of God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us because we're convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, 
that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That's 2 Corinthians 5.21, which is where we get the 5.21 from. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So, um, as I said, we're taking a, a little bit longer to work through these verses than we, than we normally would because they are sort of the foundation for our mission of one more. And uh, today I want to look in particular at verses 13 through 15. Um, but by way of introduction... Uh, I want to talk about something I brought up last week in our discussion and sort of expand on that and then you can see how that flows into these next few verses together. Uh, last week as we were talking I said that the church is not supposed to get the circle the wagons mentality which is what happens oftentimes. We, we come to know Christ and, and we come in and this is a safe place and it's kind of scary out there in a fallen world on a broken planet. And so it's a tendency to want to come in and get safe and kind of circle the wagons. And it becomes almost us against them instead of us for those that, that are not yet in the church. And so we, we need to make sure that we don't move into that sort of mentality, that we are called to live among the culture, not to be of it, but among it, and to impact the culture for Jesus. And so we don't need to be afraid of it or anything else, but, but um, we, we need to be able to live in it and um, by loving people well, let people know about Jesus. We talked about that last week. And so uh, what I would add to that is this, and, and by way of our, our mission, is that the church is to be a force and not a fortress. The church is to be a force and not a fortress. When you have the idea of fortress, again, it becomes that whole thing. Okay, well, that's, that's where we're going. We're going to the fortress, and we're going to close all the gates, and we're going to be safe, and we're going to hang out in there. But see, you lose your impact then, because then you're just kind of all huddled in, and the church becomes a mess when it's all huddled in like that really quick, because you don't have anything to do with all the stuff the Lord's given you. You just start to pick on each other, and uh, it quickly goes bad. And so we're, we're, we're called to be a force in the world around us. And you know me, I like to make acronyms out of words um, because they help me remember them. So for force, a long time ago I came up with this little acronym that we're a frontline operation, reconciling, caring, and encouraging. That's what we're called to do. We're out on the front lines, even behind enemy lines if you want, and, and we're, we're out there, um, we're, we're presenting a radical message, we're going to talk about that, that's, that's reconciling, which is the good news. We're caring for people, that's radical hospitality, and we're encouraging people, that's where we get the concept of radical generosity. And when uh, we, we did a whole series on the idea of this radical stuff, when I talk about radical, what that means is we're going to do stuff that hopefully people don't expect. Um, in order to impact them with the, the kingdom of God and the love of God in the process. And so um, as part of our mission of One More, we're to be a, a force, a frontline operation, reconciling, caring, 
and encouraging. So we're going to work through that in, in 2 Corinthians 5, 13 through 15. If we're out of our mind, it's for the sake of God. If we're in our right mind, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us because we're convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. He died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Okay, so we're going to talk about some of these ideas then and being a force out in the world. And and one of the things that we try and do as part of our mission with these verses in mind, um, especially 2 Corinthians 5.13, is um, outreach into the world around us. And we always want to be thinking about things that we can do that makes people kind of stop and go, why are you doing that? And whenever we accomplish that, I feel very good. Because that's exactly what we're setting out to do. Why would you do that? Why, why are you out here doing those things? Well, um, we, we're trying to get people... So many people have an absolute preconceived idea about the church that it's very hard to get them to look past anything. They figure, at, at many points in life, they figure they know what the church is all about and you can't tell them any different. And whatever their experience has been, that's what it's been. And it's very hard to move some people away from that, particularly if they've had a bad experience at some point. And so they're just set on what the church is. And, and um, we want to be out there telling people beyond what the church is about who God is and about who Jesus is and, and what that looks like and how important that is. So that's why we do things like our $1 car wash, one of my favorite outreaches. Because at the $1 car wash, most of you know what that is, we wash people's cars and at the end of it, we give them a dollar. That dollar makes more people stop and say what than just about anything that we do because they're looking at us like we're crazy. And 2 Corinthians 5.13, if we're out of our mind, it's for the sake of God. If we're in our right mind, it is for you. Okay, I get that it looks a little crazy because nobody expects it. But that's okay because God wants you to know that, that there's a way, different way of looking at things, that he really does care. And that he'll put people out there to wash your car and give you a dollar just to stop you long enough to go, hmm, those are some crazy people. I don't mind if people pull away saying that either. Wasn't that, that was crazy, wasn't it? You know a lot of people are doing that. That was weird. That's okay, I can take that. Because I've got to think about it for a little while. Because you know, because I know what happens. I hear all the time from people who have been talking to people who's, who when they meet them and find out they go to our church, say, why do those people do that? Nobody does that. Or when they insist that I take money and I won't take their money. You know, I have people say to me more than once, I've never heard of a church that won't take money. You just met one. We'll take it eventually, but not at the car wash. <laughs> I mean, I'm not crazy. But <laughs> the idea is, you know, one of the things we have to see, because a lot of people, do you know that a lot of people, when they think about the church, that's the first thing you think about? All they want is my money. That's their absolute impression of the church. That's all they care about. And it shouldn't be. It's not. You know, it, it, it certainly it takes money to make things happen. I'm not judging anybody the way it works, but, but it's, it can't be... It can't be what we're known for. See, it has to get back to that the church is known that it loves well. And we've done a terrible job of that, too. And, you know, historically, we just haven't been... We've had seasons and moments, but for the most part, we've just blown that completely in the culture. And we've just become like the nag and of the culture, and it's, that's why we lose our voice. So we have to move back into it. And so at some level, these things work together where we're just trying to do something that's different enough 
that makes people stop and go, that's interesting. So we do a lot of different little outreaches. And we'll continue to do more. I'm always looking for new ideas. I love the, like we started putting a little sign out on the road once a month. We use our big sign that we've made. And we have drive-through prayer now out there on the highway. I don't know if you've ever seen it. But once a month we get out there early and we put drive-through prayer on the sign. People drive by and people stop. Some people stop. Not, not that many people stop, but you know what? Everybody's looking at that sign. You know what they're saying? Them people are crazy. Well, if we're out of our mind, it's for his sake. But if we're not, so those people that are stopping to say that. I love it. Doug, Doug had this idea. Doug is back there, not my Doug. He said, listen, I got this idea for what you're doing. We're going to do this next to add to our drive-through prayer thing. We're going to make, because I like, you remember I like Charlie Brown peanuts. You know Lucy's booth that she had, Psychiatry Five Cents? We're going to make a booth that looks just like that. I'm only going to say prayer on it with a P backwards. Five cents. When people pull up, we'll give them a nickel, and then we'll pray for them. I think people will stop and go, these people are absolutely insane. Good. Why? We got to do something. We have to do something to shake things up. You got to do something that makes it look different. Uh, it, it's all a part of the things that we do. This is the stuff that we do. Giving people away, you know, giving free sodas away. Um, free lunches when we can do it. I've been sending Fran around lately. I keep meaning to go with him and I get busy. But we've been going around and uh, once a week or once every couple of weeks, Fran's been going out to the businesses and washing their toilets. He just shows up. It's okay, I'm here to wash your toilets. They look at him like he's nuts. I'm from the vineyard and we're here to wash your toilets. Why? Well, we're just trying to bless people today and everybody's bathroom needs to be cleaned and he goes in there and cleans their bathrooms. We'll do more of that. Is it crazy? Sure it is. But it, it makes people go, well, that's, them are some crazy people. We should probably go check it out. I love that stuff. We're always thinking about those things. So, so if you wonder why we do it, it's part of our mission. If we're out of our mind, it's for the sake of God. If we're in our right mind, it is for you. If we just stay here and get all huddled in, we don't have an impact. If, if this just becomes all we do, is coming, showing in, and just doing this. I mean, the part of this is important for the people that we get in here. But as, as overall, this isn't all we can be. It's never been about just trying to get people in as the sole thing it's all what it's about but it's about bringing everybody in that we can reach do you get it it's there's more to it and that's why we keep going out and keep figuring out ways to do the vbs big thing we're, i mean i know a lot of churches doing we're going this thing is going to be crazy it's going to be great why we can bless people doing it all this stuff is just keep the movie nights ways to bless people and bring them in and, and meet their needs in ways that they can and let them see that that it's all good so all of that is, is about radical generosity, trying to destroy stereotypes and opinions that, that people have of the church and that people have of God. And, and so my thinking is, and, and our thinking is, corporately, that if this challenges those stereotypes and makes them stop and think, then, uh, then I think it's a win for all of us. And I, I got to tell you, we get a lot of people in from those things that just got to come and check us out. A lot, of, a lot of times when we do the car wash, I don't know if you've ever seen the cards we give away at the car wash, but it invites them for a free dinner on the back of the card. And uh, the, the dinner cards are funny because I always call those cards, I just say, come to the vineyard. I don't say anything other than the vineyard for a free meal. And we, we don't say church, we just say the vineyard. And, uh, and I put on the card free meal and I said, you know, if you're ever here on a Saturday night, which is what we invite him to for dinner, you know, the dinner is is a pasta and a salad and rolls and I always put live entertainment on there. <laughs> this, this little card is good for two free dinners. I don't tell them everybody gets free dinner. <laughs> and they'll come in with those cards. Who do we give this to? Oh, I'll take it. Great. Glad you're here. 
They'll hang out for a while until they realize it's been a setup and then some of them go. <laughs> they figured it out on the way in. It's, it's little things like that. You know that the, the sign, we put the sign out on Sunday too and I try and get people out there waving. Um, I gotta tell you, every time that we get that thing running, it brings people to church every single time. It's better with someone waving. It's, I know it's hard to get people out, but we're really trying to get people that would take 15 minutes and go hang out there and just wave on the sign on Sunday mornings. And we tie balloons to the sign. We fill them with helium. Every weekend, people come here because of the sign. Just because of the sign. They're going, they're thinking we, maybe we should go to church, maybe we shouldn't. They get out there and drive, and they'll pull in. The very first weekend we had that sign there, I'll tell you this story. Um, because not everybody's putting a sign with balloons out by their church. People think, why are you doing that? Because it's an event. I want people to know it's an event. It's, you know, we're here, we're, Jesus is here. Come on in. Um, the very first weekend we did that, this, this, this guy was coming by looking for a place to go to church with his mom who was visiting. And, and uh, so he was driving by and he saw the sign and he said, well, let's go there. And he came here with his mom and they came to church. It was cool. We met, and he said, oh, I saw your sign. We were looking to go to church. I said, good. And they had a good time. And the next week, he came um, with, with uh, his girlfriend, and they started coming. And then they got baptized, and then they got married, and they're here every weekend. Um, that's cool stuff because of a sign and a balloon out on the side of the road. And someone doing this. That's just not very hard ministry. <laughs> good stuff. Okay, so why do we do those things then? Well, our motivation is love. 2 Corinthians 5.14, for Christ's love compels us because we're convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. Um, love in this postmodern world is defined by acceptance. So we have to learn to accept people where there are. And the perception in the culture around us is that the church is not accepting. The church is actually considered to be very hateful in a lot of areas. And that's, this is backed up by lots of surveys when people, especially younger people, ask what they think about the church. They think that it's, it's primarily a group of people that hate other people. Not a good reputation um, for us to hold. Um, because it, it doesn't seem that we're accepting. But what we have to do is realize this, that acceptance is not licensing sin, and there's a huge difference. At the same time, it's not saying that sin isn't a big deal. It's loving people where they are and trusting God to work in the areas that need to be straightened out. And that's what that's all about, see? And so, so we have to learn how to navigate those differences so that we don't look, um, uh, that people don't perceive us as people who hate other people, but as people who really do love people. And so we have to accept people at some level where we're at and where they're at and then trust that God can change them. That's what it's all about. And here's what I always go to. God loved me where I was at, and he certainly has been working on me. I'm certainly not perfected by a long shot, but he's been working on me. And when, when we first met, I was a huge mess. I mean, just out there mess. But God loved me then. So um, we have to understand that that's part of the process. But accepting someone does not mean that we're saying that sin isn't an issue because Jesus never did that. He just loved people so that they were so... Um, wanting to be with him that they were willing to make some changes which is certainly what, what goes on so um, we, we can do that because we're people with a radical message see we have radical generosity we have a radical message and that's the good news we talked about that last week the good news has always been the same that Christ died for our sins was buried 
and was resurrected on the third day. Um, And so the ministry that's preached by the good news is one of reconciliation. People being reconciled to God because he has made a way for them uh, to have restored relationship with him in Christ. And, And a way to be forgiven from our sin and to be restored and reconciled into fellowship now and forever. That's the radical message that we have, that the church has. And people long for that message. They really do. But you have to love them to present it. Uh, you just can't judge them and present it. It doesn't work. So um, we're called to minister for him, and that's really where we find life. Second Corinthians 5.15. He died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves because there was no life in that, but for him who died for them and was raised again. And I love this. Um, this is, we're going to uh, pop out of Second Corinthians for a moment into Romans 12 uh, and look at... Um, uh, the, the way that Paul sort of defines this, I believe, for us in, in Romans 12, 9 through 16 out of the message paraphrase. He says this, love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Run for dear life from evil. Hold on for dear life to good. Be good friends who love deeply. Practice playing second fiddle. Don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled and aflame. Be alert servants of the master, cheerfully expectant. Don't quit in hard times, pray all the harder. Help needy Christians, be inventive in hospitality. Bless your enemies, no cursing under your breath. Laugh with your happy friends when they're happy, share tears when they're down. Get along with each other, don't be stuck up. Make friends with nobodies, don't be the great somebody. And so uh, it's such a powerful idea of making sure our perspective's right and, and the way that we're approaching this thing is is, is right and it encourages us as well to be inventive in radical hospitality making people feel loved accepted comfortable so that God can touch and heal them uh, the word in the Greek hospitality actually means a love of strangers and and to me it means um, always working on removing religious barriers that are keeping people from hearing the radical message of Jesus so we're always working on stuff to help them do that that's why we have affinity groups um, where people just get together and hang out doing things they like who who love God and maybe people who don't really know yet can kind of come and hang out with them it's why we have so many meals here is to to promote an atmosphere that allows God to move in, in mighty ways. If you read through the New Testament, you'll figure it out pretty quick. The church was always eating. People wonder why we have the meals here all the time. That's what the church does and will do forever. They're always getting together eating. And when, when they needed something, you'd see Jesus get a whole bunch of them together and give them fish sandwiches. Why? We like to eat. It's good. You know, God made it to, uh, to, for us to enjoy the breaking of bread, the fellowship, the act of being together and sitting down and stopping and just talking with one another and, and sharing food together is a, is a reason to do that. It's a, it's a picture of communion. We, you know, the church has kind of reduced communion for uh, ease, uh, most people, to a little piece of cracker and a little grape juice, and I get the symbolism of that, but communion is far more taking place when you're sitting down and having a meal. That's, that's communion breaking bread together, you know, talking to one another, encourage one another, praying for one another, sharing stories about what God has been doing and about just life in general, a place to come and talk. So important to create that atmosphere for God to move and to touch and to change people's lives. So we're always trying to figure out those sort of things to do as well. All of that ties together, becomes a very important part of our mission 
and, and uh, springing out of those, those few verses there in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And so I'm going to finish up there for today. That's enough for you to think about and uh, maybe answer some questions about why we do what we do. If you're watching by video or on television, thank you so much for spending your valuable time with us. I know how valuable your time is, and I appreciate you taking time to uh, spend these moments with us. If there's anything you do, go to our website, keysvineyard.com, and you can contact us, and we'll pray for you, do whatever we can. Thank you very much for watching.